0: Daily with Jason Mertedis. Here we go, brand new Flyers Daily for the fourth day of April, 2023. Just nine days left in the 2022-23 season for the Philadelphia Flyers. Road trip continues as well as the Flyers are in St. Louis tonight to take on Craig Berube's. St. Louis Blues, Flyers coming to the game officially eliminated from the playoffs. That happened the other day through 76 games. The Flyers are 29, 34, and 13, 71 points. They sit in the seventh spot of the Metropolitan Division of the Eastern Conference, 5-3-2 in their last 10 games, and the Flyers, as of late, have lost now three straight games. They had the loss on Saturday at Wells Fargo Center against the Buffalo Sabres, and then on Sunday, 4-2 in Pittsburgh. And the Flyers go to St. Louis tonight. Like I said, Game 2 of this four-game trip, which started in Pittsburgh on Sunday, continues tonight in St. Louis. Then they'll head to Dallas to take on the Stars on Thursday. And they'll wrap up the four-game trip uh, on the island, taking on the New York Islanders Saturday and return home on Sunday to take on the NHL's top team and the Boston Bruins. The St. Louis Blues also officially eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs. They have played 77 games. They have a record of 35-35-7. 77 points. Boy, a lot of sevens in there. And they are 6-2-2 in their last 10, but have lost their last two. And when you kind of look at St. Louis's schedule and results this season, it's been a very bizarre up and down year. When they've been good, they've been pretty good. They've been decent of late before these last two losses. They got off to a decent start to the season, won the first three games, then promptly lost eight games in a row. Then they won seven games in a row. Then they went, they lost six out of their next seven, and then eventually going on to win four straight, then lose three straight. It's just been really up and down. Where you see wins, you tend to see a bunch of wins, and where you see losses, you tend to see a bunch of losses. January 21st through January 30th, they lost five straight games. February 18th through uh, February 28th, they lost seven straight games. It's just been really up and down for Craig Baruby, St. Louis Blues. And you got to wonder if Chief survives this. Um, if he stays there, I mean, he's obviously got some equity with the organization because they won a cup, but they are also turning this thing over. They made some obviously pretty big trades in season. Vladimir Tarasenko is now a New York Ranger. Ryan O'Reilly was traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Jordan Kyrou now their leading scorer through 74 games. He's got 71 points, 36 of which are goals. Uh, Pavel Bushnevich has been another piece for them, 59 games this season. He's got 66 points. Boy, good numbers for Bushnevich and a guy that is over a point-per-game player. They're only more than point-per-game player. Braden Shen uh, still getting it done there. 77 games he's played in all of them, 21 goals, 41 assists, and 62 points. And Justin Falk on that blue line has got 44 points as well. So they still have some pieces there. They're getting a little older, and they got to turn it over to some younger guys, hence the trades of Ryan O'Reilly, who I think is 34 at this point, and Vladimir Tarasenko, who had pretty decent numbers for them this year. He 29 points in 38 games. Uh, But we'll see where this thing goes with St. Louis in the offseason. They're not going to be in the playoffs. Like like I said, officially eliminated. Uh, They have a 500 on-the-button points percentage this season and probably not going to end up with, you know, a top draft pick, but they can certainly get a player there. And when it looks at, when you look kind of inside the numbers on the Blues, they average 3.22 goals per game, which has them basically in the middle of the NHL, 15th in the NHL. When it comes to what they give up in a game, 3.68 goals per game, which is the fifth most in the NHL. She's tied for the fourth most goals allowed per games played in the league. And, I mean, look, I've made no secret about the fact that I've never been a Jordan Bennington fan. I think that he's a guy that went on a heater, got them a cup, the whole thing was magical. It was the St. Louis Blues' turn to win the Stanley Cup, and Bennington was a big part of that, no doubt. In 57 games this year, Bennington, 25 wins, 25 losses, 6 OTL, a three three nine goals against average, and an... Very paltry eight ninety one save percentage. And I mean, he is just like the team, dead on at five hundred, but that eight ninety one save percentage is not going to get it done for what he's getting paid and the some of the antics that he brings to the table as well. Tonight's one of those games where I'd love to bring back Ray Emery and see a goalie fight because I just think Jordan Bennington is one of the biggest punks in the league. I like a goalie that's got some fire and, you know, brimstone to him and will get in there and mix it up and stuff. But there's tough and then there's fake tough. And I look at Bennington as the latter, as fake tough. Real tough and does a lot of yapping and gesturing when there's a referee or players between him and whoever he's going at. But when it's one-on-one, you don't see that. So... It just rubs me the wrong way, the way he carries himself on the ice. Yeah, he's an intense competitor. That's great. And he won a cup, and that's great for him. But I'm just not a fan of the goaltender and uh, had that one good year. Very good year. And you can't argue with the results. So it's the Flyers and the Blues tonight. We'll see a really good goaltender, by the way, on Thursday. And Jake Ottinger with the Dallas Stars. Tremendous goaltender. I wanted to revisit in this episode... Uh, Another one of the Flyers twenty two twenty three top 20 questions that I did from back on September 11th of 2022. And the 14th one that I have on here was, at Christmas, what will we be saying about John Tortorella? What will the fan base be saying about John Tortorella? Now, I didn't find this piece of paper until a couple of days ago, so we didn't do this at Christmas. But we can do this now. And we're going to revisit some of these in more depth after the season is completed in nine days. You know, And we've talked about torts quite a bit on this podcast. We've talked to torts quite a, quite a few times on this podcast. And you know, the thing about torts is I was all for John Tortorella. You didn't have to sell me on torts being the right guy. Now, my first preference wasn't torts in the offseason to coach this team. I'm honest about that. My first preference was Barry Trotz. Trotz decided he didn't want to coach. My second preference was John Tortorella. I liked Jim Montgomery. I remember when I floated his name in the summertime before the Flyers hired John Tortorella, I got a bunch of people on Twitter who told me I was an idiot. Oh, how could you even like him a little bit? He stinks. He was not what this team needs. And maybe he wasn't what this team needed. Those people might have been right. But I got to tell you, he's going to win the Jack Adams this year. He's done one hell of a job. Now he's got weapons in Boston. And had he come here, he would not have done with the Flyers what he's done with the Bruins. We all know that. Uh, But he's a good coach. And when you look at Torts, and like I said, I didn't have to be sold on him. But there's a lot of people that were kind of ambivalent, not really ambivalent, but on the fence when it came to Torts, that he's won over. Some of those people that are on the fence about Torts, he didn't win over. He actually they went the other way. And they went the other way because the team has been competitive more often, night in and night out. And some people look at that. The ones that prefer the Flyers lose games and say Torts' his standard of play and the fact that he's got them to play to a high standard has perhaps cost them a shot at Connor Bedard. Now we do know that. Even in the best-case scenario, you've got about an 18% chance of landing Conor Bedard, which is about an 82% chance of not landing him, even with the worst record in the league. And we'll, we'll see where those lottery balls fall come May 8th. So some people went the other way and were on the fence about torts and now don't like him more because he's gotten more out of a team that needs star players uh, than perhaps people would have preferred. And then there's the people that were totally against torts that he's won over. And there's the people that were totally against torts that haven't changed their mind at all. So, I mean, this season has been a step forward. When you consider, when you look at the Flyers, the fact that they are basically, you know, they were uh, last season about a 360 win percentage team. This season, they're about a 460 win percentage team. They're going to finish with roughly 12 to 15 points, standings points, more than they did a year ago. And that's been done without a single shift played by Sean Couturier, who I feel like going into this season was the Flyers' most important player that wasn't a goalie, Sean Couturier. He hasn't played a shift. Cam Atkinson, a leader, a guy that's scored 40 in this league, can still put the puck in the net, can still play the wing, can kill penalties, is a good power play guy, hasn't played a shift. When you consider the injuries, Joel Farabee having a surgery in late June, and everything that Torts kind of got handed this year from a circumstance standpoint, it's pretty amazing that they've moved forward as much as they have. Now, some will say they didn't move forward because the way to move forward was to step backwards. So you could get Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, one of those guys. And look, maybe those people are right. That's a debate for another time. But Torts has gotten a lot out of this team. And the reason why I think he's won some people over, and I, I go back and forth with quite a few people through direct message or texts and, you know, Flyer fans that I like to converse with. And the, the one thing that people keep bringing up to me is is the only reason they're okay with what has happened this year is because we see down the stretch here these young players like Noah Cates, like Joel Farabee, who's played much better of late, like Cam York, like Travis Konechny, like Owen Tippett, Morgan Frost. They see them leading the way, and that's the reason why they're okay with it. These are players that are playing hard and to a standard, but they're not your typical NHL veteran that's doing it. It's the young guys. And that can be carried forward. So that is a good thing. And we've seen plenty of teams get really bad to get a really good player, get the player, and they stay really bad because they don't have a team around them. And maybe part of that is accepting losing for a year for, on a young player. The effect that that, I'd love to see some PhD, some psychology PhD, do a study on the effects of losing on athletes to find out what exactly the effect of accepting loss, accepting defeat, what that does to to elite athletes because they're just not wired that way. You know, they look the players play hard no matter what, but the organization has a tone and an air of okay, we can accept defeat because we're trying to land a top player. And I think that that's got a subliminal effect on a team. I believe in hockey gods and hockey karma and sports karma and all that too, but we'll leave the voodoo to the side. But I wonder what the effect of that is. That's all I'm saying. As far as the MVP for the Flyers this year, Bill and I kind of touched on this. We did our voting last week. We vote the media, Flyers media, whatever you want to call it. Um, vote on two categories for the Flyers team awards. We vote on the Bobby Clark Award, which is the team's most valuable player. And we vote on the Barry Ashby Award, which is the team's top defenseman. And we have to give our first place vote, second place vote and third place vote. When I did the votes, Travis Konecny had not been back yet. I didn't think he was coming back at that point. And since he's been back in those two games, he's been unbelievable. Played 20 minutes, over 20 minutes in each game. He's got a goal in each, 10 total shots. He's been good. But the guy that I voted for is the team's MVP. Is actually another guy that's hurt now, and that's Carter Hart. I think Carter's been there all year for the team. He's had some games where it didn't go swimmingly, but he's been solid as a rock game in and game out. And at that position— giving your team a strong backbone or goaltending night in and night out is a big thing. So I voted number one for him and I think upon further review, I would probably still vote for him. And you guys know I favor goaltending. But Travis Konechny was the guy I voted for second. And I dinged him for only playing 52 games to that point. Boy, if he can just finish this year and keep kind of buzzing along like he is now, he'd really give me something to think about. He's been good. To me, it's still heart to this point, even though Konechny in 54 games, he's got 56 points. 20, He's knocking on the door of 30. He's got 29 goals, 30, or 27 assists. He's been fantastic. And in this year of finding out who's who and what's up, to find out that Travis Konechny is a legit penalty killer is also found money. Who do you think should be the Flyers MVP? Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, DM me, tweet me, email me as well. Jason.Mertitas at gmail.com. All right, that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Blues tonight. We'll dissect the game in an episode tomorrow. So join us then on a brand new episode of Flyers Daily.